This is Department Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc, episode 157. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your hosts, Michael Blanc. Hey there, and welcome to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Blanc. One of the things I love about apartment building investing is that it's so powerful to generate passive income so that people become financially free in a very short period of time. And what's exciting about that is there's so many different ways to achieve that same goal. Uh, we talk a lot about active investing. Uh, you can be a money raiser, you can be a syndicator, you can be a deal finder, you can joint venture with each other. And we also, you can get involved on the passive side, uh, passive investing. That's kind of what we're talking about today because all these people, whether they have money or time or neither or both, all really want the same thing. We want to provide for our families, but we want to do it on our own terms. We want to control our time as well. So today's focus is going to be on the passive investing side. Because here's the thing, if you're a passive investor, you might have a very demanding job. And yes, you earn a lot of money, but the problem is what do you do with it? right? Uh, I mean, you might be tired of gambling in the stock market. You might be very frustrated about the uncertainty and the volatility of it. One year it's up, one year it's down. How can you actually make plans with any kind of reliability with some investment vehicle like that? The other thing you're, that you're, might be your issue is you're paying too many taxes. And it's particularly through your regular income. If you're a dentist or doctor or attorney, you make a lot of money, but you're paying a lot of taxes. How can you reduce that? The answer, of course, to all those questions is investing in real estate syndications. And, and there's a variety of options to choose from. But multifamily keeps popping up because it's checking all the right boxes. Attractive risk profile. Look at how it performed in the in the last recession. Above average returns, cash flow, extraordinary tax benefits, a hedge against inflation. Just a, just an amazing array of benefits that no other investment vehicle on earth has. And this is why passively investing in multifamily syndications is such an attractive uh, alternative to the stock market. So on the show today, uh, we have Doug. Doug Marshall. And Doug is a financially free passive investor. And he kind of talks about his story and how he got into it, what his plan was. We talked about the different aspects of passive versus active investing, why he likes multifamily. It's not exclusive in multifamily. So we talk about a different set of asset classes. We also talk about the stock market, pros and cons of that, and how to kind of figure out how much do you need to actually retire. And then some tips for the passive investor, the number one thing to pay attention to as you think about investing passively. Also, if you think about investing passively, make sure you check out our live event coming up called Dealmaker Live in Dallas, 26, July 26 and 27. And uh, this is really the, the largest multifamily investing conference on the planet. It's all happening end of July. So go to the michaelblank.com forward slash event to buy your tickets. And it's really for passive investors and active investors of all kinds. So that is Dealmaker Live, end of July in Dallas. So with that, and no further ado, let's get into the interview with Doug Marshall. Here we go. Doug, welcome to the show today. Well, thank you, Michael, for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Well, you are my token financially free passive investor. And this is a real honor and privilege to have you here. And everybody wants to know how you got to this point. But let's let's wind it back a little bit. Doug, talk a little bit about your background and how you got into real estate and maybe why you got into real estate. Well, I've been a commercial real estate professional since 1980. And I kind of fell into it. I can't say that I said, oh, this is what I want to do for a living. But right out of college, that's where I ended up. And since uh, 1987, I've been on the financing side of commercial real estate. 
And uh, so I've been in the, the, the financing side for over 30 years. But I kind of like to tell my story, Michael, from a, a different perspective. And I think it's a perspective that many of your listeners can relate to. You know, for the first 20 years or so, I was living paycheck to paycheck. I was barely getting by financially. I was in these dead-end jobs that, that paid poorly. At some point in time, I decided, you know, things have to change. And I made two important decisions that really totally changed my financial picture. And the first one was I, I decided to go into business for myself as a commercial mortgage broker. And what transpired there was I had heard that well-known definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And uh, Michael, I, I was, had been at a, at a particular mortgage brokerage firm for five years. And I asked myself, you know, why do I think year six is going to be any better than year the first five years? And reality is, is that I knew it wasn't going to be. So I made the plunge and I started my own commercial mortgage brokerage firm, Marshall Commercial Funding. And in that first year, I made three times the income I made the previous year. And that was the best business decision ever made. And then a couple of years later, uh, after I was starting to get flush financially, I went to one of my longtime clients and asked if I could be a passive investor uh, with him. And since that time, I've invested in 10 properties and a couple of weeks will be my 11th property. And I've gone from being in a financial pickle where I didn't have the money to, to make ends meet to now where I've achieved financial freedom. And by that, I mean, where my passive sources of income consistently and significantly exceed my personal uh, monthly expenses. That's a great, great story. And so many people are in a position to do what you've done, making uh, certain priorities and decisions. And what I love about this business is there's so many different ways you can get involved. Uh, you can get involved actively and you've yes. done some active investing. You can also do passively. Can you talk about kind of the differences between active real estate investing and passive real estate investing? Well, the real question is, in my mind, is that Everyone should be considering getting involved in commercial real estate. And there's really the, f the first question that they need to ask is, do I want to be a, either an active investor or a passive investor? And by an active investor, we, it's the person who makes all the decisions, whether they're uh, doing it solo or whether they're doing with a group of investors and they're the, the managing partner of a LLC. So you can be an active investor or you can be a passive investor. And if you're an active investor, the, the, the questions you have to figure out are, who do you want to choose for your advisory team? How do you want to finance the property? And thirdly, how you want to manage the property? But as a passive investor, the, really the, the most important question you have is, who do I want to invest with with my hard-earned money? Who do I want to trust to get the returns that I'm looking for? So that's really the, the role of a passive investor is to take his equity and invest it with somebody that has the experience that you want to more or less put the, your chips down on them, that they're going to succeed at getting the returns that you're looking for. Now, 99% of people with money to invest do so in the stock market, yet you're not doing that in the stock market. Why not? There's a number of different reasons. I've gotten to the point in the last 10 years where I don't understand the, the real estate market anymore. I don't understand why it continues to go up. I find that 
baffling to me. And so I'd rather put my money in something that I understand well. One of the principles of investing is that you need to invest in something that you understand. And after 30 plus years in the real estate market, I understand commercial real estate investing. So it's a logical step for me to be investing in commercial real estate. So you've uh, looked at a lot, variety of different real estate asset classes, types, and multifamily. What are some of the other uh, asset classes that you've looked at in, in the real estate sector? And then maybe why have you gravitated towards multifamily specifically? Well, uh, I've looked at, as uh, on the financing side of the business, I've financed all sorts of properties, investor-owned properties. But I really like multi-tenanted properties. And the advantage of apartments is, is that if you buy a 50-unit apartment and you have one or two that go vacant, well, it's not going to be a big deal. With other property types that are also multi-tenanted, they might have like 10 tenants in their building. But if one of those goes out, that's 10%. And if two, that's 80%, you know, roughly. So the, the advantage of owning apartments versus other property types is that there's less of a hit when there's a problem with vacancy. Also, back in the Great Recession, as you might recall, vacancy rates didn't rise that much in apartments. They, they might have gone up from 5 to some places up to 10%. But most stayed within that 5 to 10% range. Other property types, office and retail, uh, it wasn't uncommon to be in the 15 to 25% vacancy percent range. And that has this obviously a significant impact on your cash flow when things like that happen. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Our multifamily performed extraordinarily well in the last recession. I, I recall some were seeing the residential, the default on residential housing was 4% of Fannie, Freddie Mac loans. And uh, for multifamily, it was 0.4%. Yes. A staggeringly low amount of default rate. Now, another thing that's completely different about multifamily versus say, stock markets, uh, a stock market investing is the tax treatments. What, what can you say about the differences there, the tax consequences of multifamily investing? Well, multifamily has a number of different advantages that you're not going to get elsewhere. And I think the ones that I, that I see really have to do with deferment of capital gains taxes, you know, with the, through the 1031 exchange, that is a significant advantage that you don't have with other types of investments. Uh, secondly, commercial real estate generates cash flow. Mm -hmm. Most other property types don't. There's a few that have some but usually it's very modest and most don't have any, you know. So you have the advantage of generating cash flow through commercial real estate. Also, there's the concept in my mind that's really important that's really overlooked often is the idea of an efficient versus an inefficient market, Michael. An efficient market is like the stock market. There's no way that you can buy a stock at anything more than whatever the market price is. On an inefficient market, it's really whatever the decision of between the buyer and the seller is at that particular point in time. So if you as the buyer have the ability to have a vision for that property that the seller does not have, and you can see by doing a few different strategies how to improve the cash flow coming off that property, you can take advantage of that. And so you have the ability to buy something that's really below market. So those are uh, some of the advantages. The other ones are depreciation. You know, we get the advantage of tax depreciation. So that helps uh, to uh, limit the amount of income taxes we have to pay annually. And then finally, the big one, in my opinion, of course, is the area that I'm my area of expertise. And that's the area of leverage. 
you know, you can leverage your properties. And if you put a modest amount of leverage on your real estate, you can substantially increase your return on your investment. So those are some advantages that you have that you don't uh, have with the stock market. Those are some great points. Uh, and, and leverage, of course, amplifies any kind of returns. So then, in other words, the return doesn't have to be that great. And while you lever it, it then amplifies that, which is great. I think the tax benefits you mentioned is something we don't really talk a lot about at all. But like, for example, with the bonus depreciation that uh, President Trump passed when he was elected is staggering, right? We can do a cost segregation analysis. We can deduct close to 100% of the value of the building in the first year. Like, are you kidding me right now? Which means that if I have a cash flow distribution of let's say $10,000 on my $100,000 investment, I will have a taxable loss uh, on my tax return for money I just put in my pocket. And uh, we don't talk about that a lot. And, and you certainly don't see that with a stock market where you have to pay capital gains on that. So yes. again, another, another reason why from a passive investor standpoint, multifamily is unbelievably awesome. Speaking of cash flow, you mentioned cash flow, which is also a distinction of multifamily is we actually get cash that's distributed off of this investment versus stocks unless you're sophisticated enough to sell calls and puts and things of that nature off your stock which most people don't right but cash flow is interesting and that leads me to the other question is as a passive investor what are your goals what do you want to achieve as you're investing a bunch of money is it just that you want to generate some income do you want to preserve capital or what what is it that you are looking for as a passive investor well, one of the advantages of being a, a passive investor, and that's what I am, I'm totally a passive investor, is that you leave all those decisions, the day-to-day -day affairs with your sponsor or with the, the property management company that, uh, that reports back to the sponsor, uh, the syndicator. And so, you know, you really are left in a win-win situation. You get to invest and yet you don't have any of the, the hassles of the day-to-day -day affairs of managing your properties, and that's perfect. But the other advantage of, you know, there's obviously there are two reasons why, at least two good reasons why you want to in invest passively. And one is, is for the cash flow, and one is for the upside appreciation. And depending on where you are in your age range, I'm now 66, and I'm not looking for uh, appreciation as much as I am cash flow. And so when I invest now, I'm looking not so much for the upside in the property as I am. I want to know how much cash can be generated on that property so I can, I can see what my cash on cash return is. And with that, over time, so I have right now, as I said, I've invested, this will be my 11th one. We've sold four. So I will have seven properties right now in my uh, real estate portfolio. And each one of them is generating cash for me. It's like mailbox money. I mean, I just, you know, open the mailbox and there, there's this check. And because of that, Michael, every one of those that I, I receive makes it easier and easier for me to get to the point where I no longer have to work. In fact, I'm at the point right now in my career that I work because I enjoy going to work in the morning. I don't have to work another day of my life. And so it's the freedom, the financial freedom to be able to do what you want to do. And for example, my wife and I are having our 40th wedding anniversary in a few months. And we've decided we're going to take our family, our entire family on us to Scotland for two weeks. Now, I couldn't have done that 15 years ago. I could not have done anything close to it. I couldn't have even gone to Disney World, you know, let alone to go to Scotland. 
And that's one of the advantages of being financially free. You can do things that you were never able to do before. Now, who is passive investing for? Talk about the kind of people uh, we talked earlier about the active and passive side. You know, if if you're someone's listening and watching this right now, who is that passive investing for? How would you describe that person? I think the passive investor is for somebody that is tired of gambling on the stock market. I never have been, but I'm certainly not now bullish about the stock market. I I think that you can get. Uh, better returns easily with commercial real estate with the passive income coming in. So it would be somebody that has a good passive investor or somebody that has made excellent money over his lifetime and is now having a difficult time trying to figure out how he's going to invest that money. If he puts it in the stock market, he doesn't get any passive income. It's somebody that really wants to start generating more and more passive income versus the appreciation side of the situation. Though the depreciation obviously is is there, though we don't count on it as much. Do you have some rules of thumb? So if I'm, I'm, a, I'm listening to this and I'm like, you know, I'm a high income earner. I'm really, I don't have a lot of time. I'm really working. I'm a, I'm a dentist. I'm a doctor. I'm a attorney. And my gosh, I really want to get out of this practice at one day before I get a heart attack. Yeah. Do you have a rules of thumb for how much money a passive investor would have to deploy to achieve a certain amount of cash on cash or return? Well, we've all seen those commercials, you know, Michael, where there's some investment advisor asked uh, these people walking by on the street, you know, do you have enough money set aside to retire? And they usually say beats me or something like that. And reality is if you're investing in any other asset type besides commercial real estate, the honest answer is beats me. That's really a good answer, and including the investment advisor who is sponsoring that commercial. They have no way of knowing whether or not their clients have enough money set aside to retire well. But and that's not the case with commercial real estate. If you answer three questions that I have in my book, Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Investing, if you answer three questions, which really have to do with what your current living expenses are and how much you're going to make in retirement off of Social Security, you can back into very quickly the amount of assets you're going to need to have at time of retirement to be able to cover the difference between uh, Social Security and your actual living expenses. It's not a, a difficult calculation to make. And it just depends on what your cash on cash return is on your investments right now and to uh, back into that. So if I had a, a, a little chart, I could show it to you, but it's kind of hard to do that over a podcast. But there are three simple questions. And if you answer those three questions there in my book, uh, you can figure out very, very quickly whether or not you have enough money. On the other side, Michael, let's say you are somebody that has all their investment assets in uh, stocks, bonds, things of that sort. Uh, fast forward to when they retire. When they retire, how do they live off those assets? They have to sell them. They have to sell them. They have to sell them and, and they don't know whether they're going to outlive their assets. You know, and, and it's real, a real possibility. In fact, the majority of Americans today do not have enough money, even closely set aside, uh, in close, to be able to retire well. But for those of us who have gotten to the point where our passive income exceeds our monthly expenses, we could live to be 120. It makes no difference. We're always going to have more 
money because we don't have to sell our assets to be able to uh, live well. We just live off the passive income from those assets. Yeah, that's a that's a very powerful thing to be able to to do. I mean, let's let's talk about some some numbers, right? I and mean, what kind of cash and cash return can someone reasonably expect when in, investing in a multifamily syndication? Any rules of thumb there? Well, I can't say it for everyone from a national perspective, but for me personally, I look to see if initially the property realistically can generate a 5% cash on cash return. And if it can start off at 5% and you know that you're going to be doing, uh, I buy value add type properties. So if it's starting out at uh, 4 to 5% and I, I know that over time we're going to be making improvements to the property or we're going to be changing the management company or we're going to be, you know, making a change or retenanting our buildings. Um, I know that gradually over time, that four or 5% return will go up to five, six, seven, 8%. And that does, again, that does not include the appreciation in the property. And what generally happens, I don't know if how you've seen this as well, is so five years out, you decide to refinance your property and the property is now appreciated substantially and all of a sudden you receive a you know a six figure ownership distribution from the refinance and that's happened to me on a on a number of occasions and so and then all of a sudden I take that money and I say okay what am I going to do with it and I invest it in the next property. So you know if you start off modestly, you know, a four to five percent in this market and you have a value add, eventually you're going to get an excellent rate of return on your money. Yeah, I mean, that's so true. And by the way, that money that you get from a refinance is, of course, tax-free because it's from a refinance. So, you're not paying any taxes on that, which is cool. Right. But you're right. If you have a, a value-add situation where in three, four, or five years, you're able to refinance, uh, all of a sudden, you pull uh, part or almost all your money out, then your cash-on-cash return is skyrockets at that point. So, for easy numbers, you know, over a five-year period, you know, you're uh, it's realistic to achieve an average cash on cash of say eight to ten percent over that over that period. So yeah. if you're investing every for every hundred thousand dollars you invest, you get essentially ten thousand dollars per year back on that. So you can quickly do some some easy math yeah. on that. You know, what is your living expenses, and now you know how much money you have to deploy. It's pretty it's pretty easy. So with that in mind. What are some of your tips? What's the most important consideration if someone wants to passively invest in real estate syndications like this? What is the most important consideration uh, in doing so? Well, the number one decision is who. Who do you want to invest with? Not what. That's interesting. Not what, no, but who. It's who. Because I think there are a lot of syndicators that are excellent. Don't get me wrong. But there are also many that I think could be sheep or it could be wolves in sheep's clothing. And, and we're not going to even know about it until the next uh, downturn in the economy. And we're going to see the stress that'll, that'll result from that as far as uh, our returns on our investments with, in commercial real estate. So I believe the, the number one question is, is who do you want to invest with? And you need to get, you have to have somebody that is a person of integrity that you believe is looking out for your best interest, not their best interest. I'll give you an example of one where it's just the opposite of that. I, a number of years ago, was looking to finance a property and a syndicator came in and proposed that they would take this deal over from the, my client and he, he looked at it seriously. And, and so I, I looked at what they were proposing and they, they had page after page. They're a, a national syndicator. And I, I got to the point where I said, okay, 
how much money are you investing in this deal, Mr. Syndicator? And the answer was zero. They weren't putting a penny in, yet they were receiving ample fees up front and a very generous uh, profit split at the end. If it went south, they could just walk away. They'd have no financial impact on them whatsoever. The passive investor really needs to do an excellent job with vetting their syndicator, their sponsor. And if they feel really comfortable with that person, then they go to the what. You know, what should I invest in? And personally, I believe that you go to multi-tenanted properties. I wouldn't go, I'm, I'm leery of single-tenant properties, uh, even single-tenant properties. I would, I would go with a multi-tenanted situation. And, and as, as I said, I've, of the 11 properties I've invested in, eight of them have been apartments. And that's exactly where I would go first. Where do people go find these sponsors? And how many do I need to find? I think you only have to find one. And um, you can go online to these uh, various portals for investing. But I'm really leery of those uh, sources because there's no way to determine the integrity of the people behind it. And I'm, I'm guessing that the vast majority of those people are good people. But I can't tell. I have no way of discerning between somebody who is and somebody who isn't. So what I would do is I believe in the, so the six degrees of separation. You've heard of that uh, before. I would start asking around. And I, my guess is, is that if you asked other people that, were, that you know, do you know somebody that is a, an excellent uh, investor or, or a, a syndicator or sponsor of real estate? And by the time you've asked four or five people, you're going to start getting a pathway to, to two or three different people. And that's how I would go about trying to find the right syndicator. They're out there. there. There are lots of good people out there, but I would not trust the online sources. I just don't think that that's necessarily a, a smart way of doing it. So a lot of passive investors are, are fairly busy people. And I think one main challenge is time. And I think that's one reason people just gravitate to the stock market because they can just outsource the whole thing. Hey, Goldman Sachs, whatever. You know, someone else is managing my money It doesn't, and it doesn't take me time. This one requires a little bit of time. But what's your advice to busy people who really are tired of gambling in the stock market? What's the best way for them to go about kind of figuring this out and finding that, that one sponsor uh, to go deep with? I guess I would... I would uh, disagree a, a bit on what you just said. I think a, a, you know, that doctor or that dentist or whoever is a high income person can, after they find their right sponsor, they can leave it and just see what happens. Because after that, it's really, it's all downhill from there. The, the biggest decision they have to make is finding the person that they want to invest with. And once they do that, that busy person could go off doing what he normally does for a living and, and not have to really worry about it. Now, from time to time, he's going to get updates from his syndicator as to how, how the properties are going. Usually, it's on a quarterly basis that they'll give feedback. And, and you'll also be able to see, based on your monthly um, ownership distributions that you receive, how things are going as well. It's just a very easy way of figuring out things are either going well or they're not. But I believe it's for a passive investor, they just need, if they can go through that effort of finding the right person to invest with and then just glom onto that person for the next, you know, 20 years, you know, and, until they're ready to retire. So what I'm hearing is a little bit upfront investment will get lots of leverage down down the road. That's fabulous. So. Fabulous yeah. advice. Doug, how do people not, you, you mentioned a book, tell us a little bit about your book and, and where people can find it. 
Well, my book came out in December, launched on Amazon in December. And I, I know that you you had a book as well, Financial Freedom with uh, with Real Estate Investing. I like the, the name of your book because it really says it all. My book is Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Investing. And you can find it on Amazon. You can find it at Barnes & Noble. You can go to my website and uh, find it there as well. And if you go to my website, which is marshallcf.com, you can get free access to other spreadsheets and things that you would find of value as well. So if you can order it that way as well. Good. All right. So your website will be in a, in a, in a say that website again for people listening. It is marshallcf.com. So Marshall, last name, charliefrank.com. Awesome. And then the book is called Mastering the Art of Commercial Real Estate Investing by Doug Marshall. So you guys check that out on, on Amazon. Doug, it was such a pleasure to have you here on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. So many different ways to achieve the same goal, financial freedom. The way to do it is multifamily investing. And as Doug says, ask yourself, what's right for you? Is it active investing or is it passive investing? Or it could be hybrid. Uh, there's a lot of people who want to be active, but they decide to invest passively first and see how it works and then transition into active. But what is it right for you? For Doug's in mind, he just wants to be passive. He's got a good income. Uh, he's controlled his living expenses. He just needs a place to put his money for consistent returns a, a attractive risk profile. So when things hit the hit the fan and, and the recession, his multifamily properties performed very well consistently throughout that. So risk is important. The returns are important and the tax benefits are extraordinary with multifamily, better than any other investment. Uh, oil used to be better about two years ago now with Trump's legislation about bonus depreciation where you can basically write off the entire investment in year one. It, it creates a massive tax loss that you can carry forward for from year to year. It's just unbelievable. There's nothing else like it. So you put all these things th together and there's nothing better than a multifamily syndication. If you're interested in investing with us, I encourage you to go to uh, themichaelblank.com forward slash invest and that'll eventually take you to our website, our investor portal with Nighthawk Equity. Nighthawk Equity is our investment firm. And so you'll uh, register with our portal. We go through a questionnaire. You can schedule a call with us. We'll get to know you a little bit better uh, and then we can share some upcoming investments investment opportunities with us, uh, with you as well. So that's the michaelblank.com forward slash invest. And as Doug talked about, you don't need to have a bunch of sponsors. You have, need one sponsor and we'd love to earn your trust in that regard. The best way to do that is to come meet us at Dealmaker Live, July 26 and 27. It'll be in Dallas. And that's uh, themichaelblank.com forward slash event is the place that you can grab tickets for that. And again, it's going to be the largest multifamily uh, conference. We'll have Joe Fairless there. We'll have uh, Robert Helms or the real estate guys is going to be there. You have the author of The Miracle Morning, great book. Hal Elrod will be there. We have um, Andrew Cushman, Brian Burke. We have Corey Peterson and a, a host of other Adam Adams are going to be there speaking and sharing their knowledge, both uh, syndicators on the active side as well as the passive investors are going to be there. So come, come check us out. Uh, meet us in person register in the portal and then we look forward to getting to know you a little bit more so really appreciate you guys thanks for listening catch you guys in the next episode thanks for listening to the apartment building investing podcast with michael block for more free podcasts articles and videos go to themichaelblanc.com there you can also download the free ebook the secret to raising money to buy your first apartment building till next time